Hi, this is David. Eating right is often hard these days, but eating better is easy with Factor's ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. With Factor, there's no prep and no mess. Their meals are ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Plus, Factor is less expensive than takeout, and you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. What are you waiting for? Discover Factor's wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash living50 and use code living50 to get 50% off. That's code living50 at factormeals.com slash living50 to get 50% off. Thank you. Welcome to the Inspirational Living Podcast. Today's reading was edited and adapted from How to Develop Your Willpower by Claire Tree Major, published in 1920. The world lives, moves, and has its being in obedience to established and unchanging law. The human individual, physically, mentally, and emotionally, is also subject to law. If you understand and work with the law, you are master of your life. If you are ignorant of the law, and so fail to live in harmony with it, you will suffer. The laws of life cannot be changed. They are beneficial if used and harmful if disobeyed. The law of habit is such a law. Understood and used, it is one of the greatest and most powerful weapons we have in our fight for self-mastery. And through self-mastery, world mastery. We are all slaves to habit, which is a good and merciful law in useful actions, and a force to be reckoned with when we wish to turn our backs on unworthy ones. You can strengthen those habits of which you approve, by keeping in mind the benefits of character that result from such habits, and by never allowing any temptation to draw you away from their practice. You will find it a little harder to form new habits in matters which perhaps have been of little interest to you in the past, but you should proceed in the same way. Suppose, for example, that you realize that you must read more if you would acquire the knowledge to understand the world and succeed in life. You should not say you have a habit of not reading. Instead, you should think strongly of the benefits to be derived from reading. 
you should choose a system of reading which you think will help you most. Picture to yourself the pleasure you will find in absorbing the contents of these books. Deliberately build an eagerness for knowledge, a keen joy in delving behind the written word to find the thought of the author. If a book seems dry and you want to throw it aside, realize to yourself that this book was a real, alive creation to the author, that there must be something in it which you have missed, and then go at it again, determined to find the thought to which the author was striving to give life. Even if the work turns out to be worthless, you will be cultivating a habit of careful intent reading which will uncover untold treasures in every worthwhile book you take in hand. Soon the habit of study will form itself into the line of least resistance. Now, what about overcoming habits that are harmful? Here you will have to fight, and the outcome of the fight will depend on the sincerity of your desire to conquer. The law works both ways. It establishes with just as much fidelity and with just as much strength the evil as well as the good. It is simply law. It cannot discriminate. It will fight tenaciously against the breaking down of a bad habit until the balance of power is on the side of the new and good habit. Then it will fight just as tenaciously for the establishment of the good. How then can you most rapidly and most certainly overcome bad habits? Your best plan will be not to fight the evil habit, but to substitute for it the opposite idea. Suppose, for instance, you find you have a habit of suspicion, of thinking evil of people. You may concentrate your strength in killing the evil thoughts, but you will not have built in its opposite the good. Instead of working on the evil thinking and struggling with that, Suppose that when evil thoughts come to you regarding a person, you not only immediately banish them from your mind, but try to discover the good in that person. Let your mind dwell on and admire the good qualities, which you know exist in that person's character. You cannot entertain two opposite emotions at the same time. You cannot resolutely admire all that is good in a person, and at the same time encourage your previous habit of suspicion. It is much easier consequently, as well as far more beneficial, to build an opposing virtue than to use all one's strength to conquer the habitual vice. Now, what about the virtues which you wish to gain in place of the faults which you have unfortunately developed? Set your heart on building into your character and life these gracious and beautiful virtues. Forget the evil habits you have been indulging. Your success will depend on the strength of your desire to acquire the new. Remember always that the big fight will be in the beginning. 
People live as they really want to live. Therefore, start your fight with as great an initial impulse of desire as you possibly can. Deliberate, permanent desire is an aspect of will. Look on your habits as things apart from yourself, as your servants or your enemies. Refuse to be enslaved by physical, mental or emotional habits which harm you. Never under any circumstance claim as your own a characteristic you do not desire. Always think of yourself as demonstrating the characteristics which you feel will be most valuable to you. For instance, you know that worry cannot, and never did, accomplish the least good, that it always does you harm. It conjures up evils which have no existence. It finds evil for you where there is really nothing but good. However, you have started a new life, you have replaced worry with its opposite, calm confidence. Never allow yourself now to say, Yes, but I do worry, or I am so very worried. When this habit shows signs of recurring, examine the circumstance which is causing it, and try to find comforting, encouraging possibilities. If none suggest themselves, Deliberately refuse to entertain the train of thought at all. Think resolutely of something else. The habit which is not indulged in dies. Like fear, it lives only on itself. Refuse it indulgence, and it starves to death. Your worry habit will not trouble you. If you substitute the thought that you are secure in the quiet of calm confidence, that no harm can be averted or aided by worry, that worry in itself harms you whether the thing you have been worrying about results in good or in evil. Refuse to suffer the ills of an evil habit, simply to indulge the habit. Claim your own mastery over the mere repetition of a thing you do not yourself desire. Examine closely your physical habits. Do not allow the animal side of your life to control you. Plan a regime for your body and make it carry it out. Remember that habit is formed through the repeated practice of an action till it becomes almost automatic. In a little while, either you will slip back to the old habit through many failures, or you will establish a new habit which will be easier than reverting to the old. Which result you will have will depend on the intensity of your desire and the persistence of your will. Each success will strengthen the will for another conquering. Each failure make it less able to make another attack. Therefore, never begin a fight until you feel strongly enough about the matter to make it a fight to the finish, and a winning finish at that. Make your ideal, but make it one that you can and will attain. Never give up. 
will grow through following the line of greatest resistance. Each victory gives new strength and new courage for the next trial. Don't attack a habit that is going to be a test of your powers until you have trained and strengthened your will on lesser habits. Once having taken up the fight, hang on with the tenacity of a bulldog. If you get through the first feeling of exhaustion, you will surely get your second wind, and you will win. Keeping the grip on the thing when you want to let go will hurt, but you must be willing to hurt. The key is to keep your mind on the joy of conquering rather than hurt. Martyrs have been torn to death with smiles on their faces. Their thoughts have been so filled and thrilled with the joy of sacrifice that physical fear and pain did not touch them. Never fear failure. To fear it is to invite it. Continually assert your own real mastery over any habit you wish to change. The belief in your own powers will correspondingly lessen your faith in the strength of the habit you are overcoming. There is but one sure and general cure for all bad habits. That is the insistent and determined desire to conquer and a trained unbending will. Do not let go of your hold on this one truth. Law must demonstrate. If it does not work against you, it must work for you. In conquering habit, you are making the law your servant, not your enemy. You are simply putting yourself in right relation to a natural law, instead of trying to pit yourself against it.